listening to What's Wrong With You, a podcast about foibles, idiosyncrasies, and having no chill. So wrong, it's right. I am your host, John McBride of johnmcbride.com, and it is the season finale, our tight six-episode saga. Very British, like a British series here, and it's very exciting. I want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen as we went on this first season journey and to finish strong sitting down with me in this conversation you are about to hear is comedian writer creator Wes Corin who has developed a presence in every comedy scene he has been in we talk life in comedy we talk about fate we even talk about love all right and let's waste no time getting right into the Raging Climax, gotta be a better way to put that. Let's find out what's wrong with Wes Corin. Okay, so I'm sitting here. Don't you like that? I'm going to uh, business mode podcast. <laughs> like, all right, I'm sitting here with Wes Corin. Mm-hmm. is my radio voice. Thanks for coming on here, man. Absolutely, John. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And you have that, like I was saying to you, off mic industry term alert. Uh, <laughs> who cares, right? Who cares? No, it's all fine. No, but I was telling you, this is going to be like the season finale. Yep. Six episode season one. Got to bring in the big guest. I'm the I'm the Jerry Orbach of the DFW <laughs> yeah. comedy scene. Yeah, we're finishing strong yep. here. Finishing, finishing strong. <laughs> so we're going to have anybody who isn't familiar with Wes Corn. I'm just going to go straight into it, ask my first question. And that is, who do you think you are? Oh, gosh. Uh, my name is Wes Corrin. I book a number of shows. Most recently, uh, the Plano Comedy Festival. We put on the first one out of the Art Center, Taste of the Islands. And then that's, as a booker, as a comedian, I don't... Uh, okay, we're, I guess we're going to cover neuroses later. We'll just... This is all intro stuff. As a comedian, uh, I've worked a number of cities. Austin, Memphis, Dallas is home bases. Written for Crack.com and Funny or Die. Opened for Kurt Braunohler from Bob's Burgers, Jeff Dye from Better Late Than Ever. Uh, I've, I've, I've done a handful of stuff. <laughs> a little bit, it's a little been bit. Fun. It's been okay. Just And coming from someone who spent most of their quote-unquote career as a lowly open micer, you're just like, yeah, you did it. Yeah. Any <laughs> one of those things would have been amazing to me. And you're like, I did this, I did that, you know. It's still an open, yeah, no. I As somebody that goes to as many open mics as I go to, I'm never going to shake off open micer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to... No matter if I never do another stand-up show again, I think I'll still have that open mic or mm-hmm. funk all over me. Oh yeah, no, it, it never truly goes away. It's it's a taint that will never leave. It's and deep so, deep in the soul. <laughs> so real quick, if you haven't seen Wes Corn, I, I, I suggest you do because I'm going to butter your bread a little bit and say Wes is one of the funnier guys. And I'm going to say mm-hmm. that um, in the sea of open micers. And I'm going to include myself, definitely, even <laughs> yeah. though I haven't really done anything in a while. But um, I'm going to definitely include myself in the open mic cesspool sure, of people. Sure, sure. And there's sometimes when you we see different comedians, and we're kind of getting to a little bit of stand-up. And I talk to a lot of comedians, so there's going to be a lot of stand-up talk here. But of course, of course. I like to think we're just getting to the minds of creative people who are performers. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and... You're like, how in the world do people do this? Mm. Well, most times we don't even really know, to be honest with you. But when I'm sitting in the cesspool of the open mic underbelly and the underworld, Mm -hmm. there are certain comedians that 
I look, I'm like, that guy can make it. <laughs> that guy, he he knows the thing. He that figured is, it out. And Wes Corwin's one of those guys. That is so kind, John. Thanks yeah, I, yeah. I truly mean it. I truly Aww. mean it. I would say it even if you weren't here. It would be kind of <laughs> weird, but yeah. I would say it anyway. If you had a different guess, you'd be like, I've thought about it, and Wes Corwin is going to make it. And they'd yeah, be like, okay. Whoever, whoever <laughs> comes in the next guess, I'm like, yeah, that's enough about you, but more about Wes Corwin. <laughs> more about Wes Corwin. And one thing before we get into... The, the meat and potatoes okay. of this podcast yes. is, I will say, um, as I was t- telling you before we started recording, I'm excited because I don't really know Wes Corn that, that, that well. Mm-hmm. And one thing I did find out, and it was at the most recent show that I went, I didn't perform, I just went. I was, I was, it was a judge at, yes, at, yes, a, yes. Uh, at a comedy thing, right? It was a competition of sorts, and I was a judge, and I... That was a weird being a comedy judge. I was never a comedy judge before. Yes. It was a strange new experience for me mm-hmm. because I don't think I really had to have any merit. I no, think no. are you a warm body? Then sit here. <laughs> I mean, to be like all the all the judges were comedians, which I appreciated because I feel like comedians are better comedy critics than like local celebrities or newspaper writers. <laughs> right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like you you and the other people were perfect for that role of being like this was funny. This was not. Yeah, there's a lot of like, and all of y'all were great, but there's a lot of whenever you're um, just watching some other comedian, it can be in an open mic. Yes. Even the pros sometimes as good as they are, when you've done it for however long you've done it, like you, you're obviously a vet. I, I, I don't claim to be any anyone that anyone's ever heard of, but I have put in my hours, man. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, <laughs> But you still you see another performer, another comedian working on stage. And you're like, I know what they're doing here. I know what they're going for. It, it it can be good, and you're just like, this is the structure, and there's only so many chords you can play. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So yeah, when it's being a comedy judge, like for myself, I was like, I can tell you what I think is funny, mm-hmm. and if I'm like, oh, that didn't work, and I I think I know why. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. one thing I found out about you mm-hmm. at that comedy show yeah there was a roast battle there was and i didn't realize listeners <laughs> of what's wrong with you podcast how much of a killer that was corwin is in that roast battle because <laughs> i I'm, I'm gonna let you get your 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 end of the story in here sure, but sure. i real quick i just want to say i just had this idea of was corwin mm-hmm. you know, right i'm like oh uh cool guy puts on shows yes nice guy in comedy thank you and that's true but i'm also like don't mess with Wes, man. <laughs> in a roast battle, he will cut you at the knees. I am a truly cruel person. When it calls for it, I'd like to think. I'd like to think most of the time I, I'm very kind. I, I, both the cities I moved from, I started in Austin. They had a show called Spike Club. Which, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I remember hearing best, about that. Best show in the I love Spike Club so deeply. And the whole premise was you just say mean things to another person. <laughs> and uh, I learned how to write like a truly beautiful mean joke from attending every single spike club i love and then uh after that i moved to memphis uh which has an equally not uh, yeah a a very famous show that's been turned into a web series called you look like where it's a similar roast concept but every joke has to start with you look like and that Uh. i so austin came from a perspective of like i'm gonna analyze you and figure out exactly what's wrong with you and then memphis was all surface level and i took those and now if i'm sitting in the same room with someone for about four or five minutes i can figure out what will devastate them and uh (laughs) it's not a power i exercise almost ever but if you book me on a roast battle uh i have it in the back pocket and it's just a nice skill to have and i 
you know, you gave me an idea just now. And if I ever get to a point where I can turn What's Wrong With You into a live show, I'm yeah. just going to make it a roast battle <laughs> and have West, like the final boss, be West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just erupt from the bottom of the stage. <laughs> yeah. I'm elevated on a platform. It'll be a huge, uh, big, big production. Mm-hmm. Big production, mm-hmm. probably in the corner of a, of a well-lit bar, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, let's get into the uh, the real meat here and find out what's wrong with you. And I'm going to ask you, okay, in your words, oh, gosh. what's wrong with you? I am, I am. I mean, I'm very anxious. I think that's a that's a tough one. <laughs> there's, a, I feel like there's a lot wrong with me. Uh, <laughs> a lot of stresses about. Let's see. I, I'm so single-mindedly obsessed with comedy. It's de- uh, debilitating at some points. And the cool thing is, uh, there was a point. Uh, first of all, when I when I talk about what's wrong with me, I got to talk about what's what's right. I have a, a fiance named Maggie. She's great. Uh, and I this is a good point to start from. I have explained to people if I didn't meet Maggie, if I wasn't with Maggie, I would be in New York, living in my car. Uh, with a Planet Fitness membership so I could shower and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And people are like, oh, that's so cool. She provides, like, a balance. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I want to do comedy, but now I have this uh, person yeah. that is expecting, like, a house. And yeah. so that makes it harder. So now I have to – I that's the reason I hustle so hard is, like, I've, you gotta you got to make every opportunity you can, but also they've got to be lucrative because some of that has to go towards, like, water bills and stuff. Right, yeah. And, you know, I figure – and I – Truly do re- respect that passion because mm-hmm. I feel it's a passion I either never had or I lost because mm-hmm. you don't see me at the, at the open mics. And I've heard guys, I've heard stories about guys like a long time ago, I heard like an interview with like Bill Burr. He said like, I lived in my car for a while and yeah, I remember mm-hmm. him saying that and I thought I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> I like my day job no. of that has insurance and benefits and all these things. See, yeah. I, I empathize with that. Like compl- I have those things now. I got to, I got to, pr- so another thing that's wrong with me. Uh, I'm a software developer by day, and I'm an avid Facebook user also by day. I really should stop. I've been I've received multiple notes about how I use my time, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I, I, I those are those are good things, right? I have health insurance, I have a job, uh, but yeah, no, I when I heard those, I think uh, you know you I I was obsessed with comedy like from middle school. And I would hear people on podcasts being like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I would live in my car, driving from city to city, middle of nowhere, uh, bars for 20 people telling jokes. 18 of them would hate me, and I'd be like, that is the life. That is yeah. exactly what I want. And then, yeah. yeah. And, man, I, like I said, I'm envious of the commitment there. But then again, that's your drive. That's your passion. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me, I've said in the show, I've said anybody who will listen, I'm lazy and I just want to stay home. I, lazy, I, think, it's, I think it comes down to working smarter. instead. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, all the people that road dog for 30 years, <laughs> yeah. like, but how effective is it? And that, another thing. I feel like I'm dominating your podcast. I'm very sorry. No, I, this is the this is the point. Yeah, I can yeah. yammer on forever. I need the guest to chime in, or mm. I'll just stomp all over like I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. That's what's wrong with me. A lot <laughs> of this podcast is figuring out what's wrong with me. Yeah, I mean that we're. I feel like that's the point of comedy. Is it's not we're not only reflecting on the comedian, but it's also a mirror. I feel like that's the most important. Like everybody's got a theory on how jokes work. I think the two variety of jokes. Uh, and obviously you can stratify them in any, any, but I think there are two kinds of jokes which are like, this is exactly what you relate to. I'm saying something we all understand, and then I'm going to extrapolate it into something that is uniquely me. So it's like we all have 
uh, we, we all get anxious around people, right? I remember this time I was at an Applebee's and I watched a guy pee on the table. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. And people are immediately like, oh, yeah, we hate all social situations. Wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, and like, that's, what was that last part? <laughs> what are you, yeah. But um, I, I, so I talking about working working smarter. I, I, I'm also, the reason I'm on Facebook all the time, and this is the thing, uh, yeah, I, I, I go by uh, John Corwin at work. And Wes, which is why I fearlessly talk about work on podcasts. No one is ever going to search Wes Corwin. That works with me. But uh, my manager uh, saw me on Facebook, and then he called me aside and was like, Hey, so uh, I saw you on Facebook a lot. We're going to have to ask you to not do that as much. And I was like, Yeah, okay. And he was like, I assume this has something to do with your comedy. And I was like, oh, that's actually insightful. I think because yeah. he's a, he's an older man, so you'd figure he would be like you you millennials. But he was like, yeah. I figure you're working on your side hustle. I respect that, but also like I do photography. I wouldn't be doing that at my desk. And I'm like, fair, that's fair f- enough. Fair but enough. yeah, no, it's it's a it's a weird like Maggie calls uh, the software development job my my side gig, and then comedy my <laughs> main job, which I'm I argue with because obviously one pays a lot more lucratively than the other. But I do put a lot more time into one than the other. Well, yeah, it's because one is, and I, I, I mean, every comedian can, uh, you can be empathetic towards that. You can understand where you're coming from because, yeah. I mean, like if you have any downtime at work, and my my job, and I'm recording podcasts all day long. If anybody asks, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I'm like working on like I'm just like. What's the next thing I'm going to draw? What's yes. the next little comic thing? What's my next po- podcast thing going to be? Mm-hmm. Because it's like they're fun and they're thing you actually get fulfillment out of. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's one of the things that uh, for me, because I'm hearing, I'm listening to you talk about this comedy thing's got to work, man. Yeah. Something's got to happen with this comedy thing. Something's got to click. <laughs> Something's yeah. got to click, right? Yeah, yeah. And for me, towards the end of my consistent run, I'll put it that way, mm-hmm. uh, for me, I was like, I'm so burned out. I'm just not getting anything out of it. Totally. And, and it's like I, I would tell any comedian, and, and, and most comedians will say this, just take time off, man. Oh, yeah. But the thing is you worry about the momentum. You're killing the mm-hmm. momentum. Mm-hmm. So now if I go back to any club, any what little shred of momentum I have is completely gone. I've done nothing to earn it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why comedians like me who kind of step in once in a while, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put on the old uniform and go back out. Mm-hmm. You know, we appreciate people who put on shows who are very nice like you are and say, I'll, I'll work with you. I'm very chill with you. You know yeah. what I mean? We try not to I, I do I don't do it enough to do anything, but I would think most people don't abuse that and they're kind of respectful of it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things, man. I'm just like for you to have that drive, I feel like it's the complete opposite. Uh-huh. And I'm very interested in hearing the outlook from someone like yourself who is like not only uh doing the comedian comedy shows mm-hmm. working on that side hustle but actively putting on shows oh, yeah. good shows too i mean i completely relate to what you're what you're saying with the comic uh in terms of uh whatever one's done you're immediately onto the next thing because mm-hmm. that's entirely my attitude when it comes to shows i have no i i take zero time to celebrate anything right after plano comedy festival i immediately went on my facebook page and started promoting the next noble ray because yeah. i was yeah no it's it's a it, it's exactly what you're talking about where when you have that that drive and passion it's just a hundred percent about the next thing it's just yeah every shot you can you take so it. that's sort of like um it's, it's sort of what's right and what's wrong with successful people mm-hmm. and it's sort of like take a time to chill you yeah, know? Take, yeah take time just to say i did it that's cool but it's also like 
that was cool, but I mm-hmm. need to work on that next thing. And even yep. the season pros talk about this stuff when you hear them talk on podcasts or something like that. It's like, I can't, it actually, I would assume it gets worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, I have people relying on me now. Mm-hmm. I have other comedians who are trying to get themselves known, put themselves over by doing this show that you could be like, I put on this show. Yes. And that's stressful because you're like, okay, I really hope this comic doesn't no-show me, something mm-hmm. like that, and these things happen. Of course. So let's dive into the stresses there of putting on a show. Just the – talk about your, your – you said you're like a anxious person. I would assume that's just increased tenfold, putting on a show. Mm-hmm. Is this going to work? It's sort of just walk us through the living nightmares slash – euphoria that is putting together a show like this so it's it's very the first time i did it it was absolutely a nightmare and it gets a little bit easier every time just because you know you you the worst thing that you could possibly think of happens like everybody drops out and then you're like oh and then you make it and you're like oh okay this happened so there i've had people drop off drop out on three hours notice i had my headliner at noble ray on this past showcase drop out uh, two and a half hours before the show, and like it didn't even phase me. I was just yeah. like, "Yeah, great." And then I had two people, Safi and Steve, uh, were like having their going away party that night, so yeah. I just hit them up and was like, "Do you guys just want to co-headline?" And but before that, like the first time I do anything, I am an absolute mess of nerves, and it like uh, I, the first time I ran a showcase, it, I was just pacing around the basement of this co-op where I booked it, just like. It, and I was a nightmare, and uh, <laughs> the first I had never done a festival before. And Maggie tried to explain it to me like, "Well, the way you've done this festival, do you have any classes? Are you teaching it? Is it a workshop?" I'm like, "No, it's just a series of showcases. You've done showcases before. You're fine." I was like, "Yeah, but we're calling it a festival, yeah, so I'm yeah. very stressed out about it." So I'm at Taste of the Islands, just pacing the parking lot, walking around yeah. cars that are trying to park because it's a night. I'm like so terrified. Like, no one's going to show up, and then people walk in, it ends up selling out, but I'm like, okay, and then the microphones aren't going to work. No, oh. they all work fine. Yeah. Every item that has failed at a showcase, I'm like, oh, it's back, and now it's a festival. Um, and the, the really stressful thing about the festival was we, uh, I don't I don't want to get crazy into it, but we had an issue with a venue, and then we had, I think, 20 comics the week before the festival all drop out, yeah. which was, I mean, the, at the time, I think, I think, and, you know, uh, working showcases, hmm. you have people drop out all the time, yeah. hours before. And the cool thing about work, the great thing about this scene is that, uh, yeah, I, I would estimate between 100 and 120 comics, 80 of which are, like, ready to go. Yeah. And have, like, their, their 15 or their 10 to 15 just, like, at any point they can recite it like a monologue. Yeah. yeah. So good. Uh, so if if it were Memphis or Austin, which are very deeply talented pools, but it's people that like are a little bit more experimental, I would be like, oh God, can this guy like be ready on three hours notice? Yeah. But I know anyone in this scene is like just set. Yeah, and you know, there's if you're in the scene or if you're kind of lurking like I am, yeah, you sort of get. That's another thing for me, and we're talking about just the Dallas comedy scene for a second here. There's, sure, sure. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna praise it here yes but but first i want to get into you can see and this is any comedy scene okay. you don't even have to be directly involved like i never got directly involved in anything mm-hmm. fortunately some of that was on purpose some of that was because i don't think i showed up in anybody's radar that can be good and bad yeah but um like i say if my legacy in comedy is 
Oh, John, he was a nice guy, I think. If that's my legacy, I can live with that, yeah. honestly. That's, that's, that's better than most people's legacy. Yeah, that's Most people's legacy is like, oh, that guy did a lot of racist bits, and now he's gone. Now he's gone. <laughs> yeah, that guy sucked. It took him forever to finally quit. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't know what he does now, and I don't want to know. Yeah, we'll just be happy that he's gone, that mm. type of deal. But um, like I said, I'm very comfortable with me. Oh, yeah, John, he's a he's a solid dude, I think. Mm. <laughs> you know, but... Um, <laughs> But uh, you do see, so I, some of it was on purpose, some of it was not, yes. um, some of it just kind of happened. But you do see, even on Facebook, like you said, you see all of the negative bits. A lot of, yeah. And it's so ugly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I don't have the most experience, but you have been a different scene. So you can probably tell us that that ugliness, that competitive, bitter, you know, that the ugliness of the scene can exist anywhere. And it's oh, like sure. it's it rooted in jealousy and fear and stuff like that. And I got to tell you, sometimes even in this scene, not even being an active participant, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be involved in that. You know what I mean? It's like it was enough to, like, get me to think, I, I don't want to be in this. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. like, is it, this is too, I don't need this, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel for me, I was getting better as a performer by the time I was leaving. Oh. I felt my, my skill, <laughs> if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. my, my presence, whatever, it was getting to a point where, okay, you can find me actually work with this. And that's at the point where I felt like I'm so tired of this. Yeah. So it's weird balance there. Mm-hmm. So before we talk about the amazing things of this scene, and sure. real quick, I do want to say to your point about people being ready to go. I think this scene, whether it's by design or not, does kind of condition comics to have their stuff ready. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, get a headshot. Yeah, you know, yeah, good yeah. grief. Get a headshot. <laughs> get a website. I have a website. Mm-hmm. com. You can go to it 24 hours a day. That but, is a sneaky plug. Yes. Very professional. But if I can go off and get a headshot, if I can get a website, yes. anybody can. If I can have a podcast, just do it. Mm-hmm. So I like that the Dallas comedy scene kind of conditions people like get real about your brand you know what i mean so take us through a little bit and we want to i want to get personal but i want to kind of tackle tack on comedy here so tell us about maybe how how you've and every comic does this i'm curious how was corin nice guy but will kill you at a roast battle (laughs) but other than that (laughs) it reminds me of this movie it's like this old like ninja movie the guy had to be called back into the ninja underworld i want to think there's a version of like of that starring was was corin but um (laughs) I, I promised I'd never do roast battles again. <laughs> Too many feelings get her. I swore I'd never. <laughs> you yeah. roast battle one child and then it's over. It's yeah. over for you. Like the best, but it's a curse. You know? <laughs> but um, so how do you combat the bitter jealousy of, because it took me a while just to say that comic did a lot of work. Good for him. I don't have to know this person. It took a long time for mm. me to get over myself. So how, what, what, what are things that you've done? So that's that's a good one. Um, when I was in Austin, so uh, when people travel through Austin and they bring up my name, and then they'll come back to where I am, like uh, a lot of comics from Dallas roll through Austin. They're like, hey, we brought up your name at the open, but we got early slots. They love you. And I'm like, that's a real surprise because I was a super angry person in Austin. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think because, I think anybody just starting out in comedy has certain expectations. And even when you're like new, even if you're humble, you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll get this all figured out in two or three years. Hmm. That's not how that hmm. works. So I was in Austin. I, f- I felt like I was working hard. And in retrospect, I was working about as hard as everybody else, and I had 
certain expectations, uh, entitlements that I was like, no, yeah, I'm I'm working, I'm coming to every mic. Yeah, I wasn't I I. I, I uh, and I would put in the time, and I wasn't getting a lot of club attention. The way I figured out how to combat that was, uh, I, eventually I figured out, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like, all of this, you'll get noticed when you earn it. The You shouldn't focus on calling people to get booked. You shouldn't focus on messaging people. Your number one thing should be, like, am I getting better? Are you recording yourself? Are you listening to your jokes mm-hmm. to make sure they're hitting? Because one thing I learned after three years that I wish I had learned the first day was that sometimes the your human brain can trick you. Like something sounds like a big pop and you're like, oh, that one's a hit. <laughs> and then you'll listen to a recording later. That was okay at best. Hey, that was five chuckles. That was one to two people <laughs> laughing. And it sound, they were adamant about it, but that was not the whole room. Yeah. And uh, you, you, the, the one thing that helped was, I, I don't know if it's zen or whatever you call it, but it's like I can't change the world around me, but I can change myself. I can mm-hmm. work on myself. And if I work on myself in a positive way, if I if I keep my head down, if I stay focused, maybe posit- maybe that positivity will exude out, and then you get opportunities. It also helps to be, and this is good in any type of industry, work environment, whatever, is just to be sort of a chill dude to be around. Mm. You know what I mean? Not be... It's it's a tall order asking a comedian to not be a little high-strung, of course. not to be a little strange. I mean... When I decided to do this show, it's like, okay, the concept's going to be what's wrong with you. And I'm, mm-hmm. talking, I'm like, I'll talk to comedians because there's not a normal comedian walking the earth, you know what I mean? Yes. So everybody's got their weird little tics they're mm-hmm. bringing with them to the shows and the open mics. And for me, I say, I think I've said this on every episode now, um, <laughs> you want to hear the same crap over and over again, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a learning curve. Like you said, develop your show. That's why I don't have a bunch of what's wrong with you t-shirts right. already printed up. It's because like... The, the one piece of advice, this is for doing web doing web comics, but it was like I apply it to everything now. Mm-hmm. It's like spend a year developing your craft, man, at yes. least mm-hmm. before you make the merchandise, you know what I mean? And kudos to any comic who can sell merch, you yeah. know what I mean? But the material's got to be solid, first of all. So mm-hmm. to your point, I 100% agree. But uh, it's also just being a good hang, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've said it on this show before, like I said, is – my issue was it was nothing personal. I was just so naturally shy. Like, not like how every comic's naturally shy. I wanted to go to a show and just be at alone at, at, a, at a table. Yeah. There's comics that I like, consider friends. Didn't matter. <laughs> I'm like, it, it just feels so weird to me. And mm-hmm. like I was explaining to you a little bit earlier before we started recording, sitting through an open mic. And we may have talked about this already. I don't know. My brain's already looking at other objects in the room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, has it always been there? I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> what do I use that for? But, uh, yeah, it was like sitting through an open mic mm-hmm. now. Yes. And you run open mic, so it's got to be even yeah. doubly hard for you. But for me, just for someone who can, like, leave whenever they want, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, if I have to sit through another open mic. I'm going to go insane. No, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I have to. I have to run open mic. Because uh, one thing, like, go, going back to Austin, Memphis, uh, Austin, I didn't talk to anybody. I would go, I would work on jokes, I would do my set, uh, I would hang out with one to two people, and then I would leave. And after a certain point, I did accumulate a certain amount of skill, but also no one knew anything about me. Right. Which, uh, pe- I mean, you can you can fault people for it, uh, but also, like, like, like we said, uh, 
humans either lazy or they work smart. So they're going to book people that are like in their immediate vicinity. They're going to book right. people like, oh, I'm already talking to this person. And you're funny. You go yeah. ahead. Yeah. And they kept me. Yeah. So then I moved to Memphis where I had a certain amount of friends. And like I, when I moved here, I was like, I need to, I, I need to put myself out there. I've never tried socializing before. And uh, I'm not, I don't know if I'm good at it. I'm pretty <laughs> awkward. I'm a pretty awkward person. But if you run an open mic and you have 50 people a week walk up and you say, like, they say, hey, can I get on your mic? It really helps getting better. Like just the, however you can. I, I think that's the that's the point of what I'm saying. If there's any point to anything I've ever said, <laughs> it's that you, it, practice. And if you're uncomfortable practicing, force yourself into situations where you have to practice. Yeah. So if you're not good at talking to people, run an open mic yeah. where where 50 people have to walk up and say like, "Hi, how are you?" You're like, "Good." It's not Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the weird hand comes out, not yeah. all the way extended. Uh, this little almost fist comes out. Yeah. yeah. You they they come and you and you go to shake their hand too early and you grab them by the fingers oh, yeah, and you're the... too committed so you have to shake their fingers up and down and they're like, "Okay." And that's <laughs> I think I've gotten to a point where I just say like, "That was a weird handshake." And just <laughs> Just own it, you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. Now, it does help to be social at comedy mm-hmm. scenes and open mics. That really does help. And it's, it helps. It's so difficult. And there's going to be some trial and error. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I was talking to another comedian about this, where it's like, in theory, it's amazing. But in practice, it can be like, hello, fellow comedians. <laughs> I am also talking about whatever you're talking about now. Hello, friends and neighbors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely leap into that mentality where it's just like, this is alien, right? This is weird. Yeah. The fact that I'm talking to you. Um, I recently, uh, this was a few months ago, I had a comedian that had my number because they were like, hey, can I get your number? So if I'm coming to the open mic, I can text you. And then they texted like, hey, do you want to like hang out? We can watch movies. And I was so sure they didn't want to hang out with me that yeah. I thought it was a wrong number and just didn't respond. Oh, man. And then a couple of days later, they were like, hey, do you, do you not like me? And I was like, <laughs> oh, you actually wanted to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, for me, I don't know if it's like this for you. And I don't know, maybe like. Mm. Well, for me, it's be like if I were to run an open mic, everybody's being nice, being nice to me. I'm yeah. like, oh, you want a good spot on the list? <laughs> I see. I'm gonna exploit this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't run an open mic. Yeah, it's too easy to immediately take that small amount of power and have it go straight to your head. Yeah. Um, the thing that immediately checks you on that power is sitting through and running the open mic mm-hmm. because nothing is more grueling and less fun <laughs> than watching 40 of pe- 40 people you either like or like, oh, I respect what they do, try their hardest and come up just a little bit short or yeah. completely miss. Because uh, Noble Ray is a super fun testing ground. Yeah. Zalot is something we're figuring out. Ne- when people refer to either of the mics I run, they're both like, it's, it's a fun hanging out spot, and they don't talk about comedy there. It's fun. It's weird because open mics for a lot of the comedians are just places to go hang out. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah. And which is awesome because, you know, you're going to be there for like four hours, mm-hmm. you know, something like, like that. Maybe if that's on a short night, you know. Yep, 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 yep. And you're going to sit through a lot. So, yeah, you, you have, have a little bit of fun. But um, also what I also like about that is comedians who sort of get that – Okay, I'm a performer. Mm-hmm. I'm. I want these people to, you know, when they think of comedy in Dallas, they think of me. Right. You know, and it's very difficult. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of comics are famous amongst themselves. You know, but if you ask the random person, oh, did you check out like 
like I'll use myself as an example. You take out John McBride. <laughs> Who is that? You know what I mean? Like he does all these things and I'm trying to like, well, speaking of Facebook, I'm like, I'm posting all these things like I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Yeah. I think of nothing else. I just want people to think, well, John, well, John's keeping busy. That's yeah. good. You get, <laughs> that, social media is all about maintaining that illusion of like, no, it's going really well. Cause then people are like, oh, it's going well. Like button. Yeah. But no, you can't post like. Hey, this show didn't go well. The next one won't go well. Right. People will be like, "Oh," and then avoid you. Right. It's all you gotta you gotta cultivate like some image of success. Um, that makes it sound like I'm tricking people. The shows go well, <laughs> yeah, but also do. you've got to be positive beyond that. You got to be like, and the next one will be even better, even though you know, and you're like, even though all your anxieties are like, but it could fail at any point. You got to be yeah. like, it'll go well. Trust me, kind of a thing. And that's got to be so stressful just kind of keeping up the oh yeah the it's not a lie because the shows are fun and yeah. they do help you they're there for a reason they mm-hmm. are fun to hang out at but if something sucks you got to just be like i can't dwell on that even uh-huh. though it's this thing that everybody saw mm-hmm. and um i'm trying to a little bit more um it was something i saw on facebook i have no idea who posted this originally but it was something like just along the lines of and it's exactly what you're talking about just talking about stuff you like instead of trashing the stuff you hate yeah, you know yeah, i'm yeah. trying to do a little bit better about that mm-hmm. you know but uh doesn't always happen yeah but i'm also like nobody wants to see well that sucked you know <laughs> yeah i mean but sometimes you just got to get it off your chest so what do you do if you can to just vent that so like if a show goes badly if a show goes bad yeah. will you take it we just go to sort of internalize it or speak to someone in your personal group you know your social group or are you ever going to take to facebook it's like i'm not gonna lie to you that show <laughs> sucked the big one uh i i all, all my failures i keep very quiet um yeah if if somebody came out to watch the show i will glean all because here's the thing I feel I, I I like when normal people come out to shows because comics, as we've talked about, will be like great set man. They'll salvage that you know they they see that your your self esteem is at a low and they want yeah. you know because we're we're all I think there's I think there's I could be wrong I think there's a fraternity amongst comics where we all know how hard it is mm-hmm. we want each other to feel good. Normal people don't care at all. Normal people will number one they will tell you after your show goes badly who the best comic was in their opinion <laughs> yeah and we'll make sure to recite a couple of their jokes to you and that yeah. uh and then at some point they'll bring up a note like maybe you could do that and it's mm. it's not something you implement but it's definitely it, it's not a guaranteed like you're right because they don't you know normal people don't always know what's best but another thing to know is that normal people make up 100 percent of our audiences yeah so you should Whatever's going through their mind is a thing you need to at least be aware of is what they're thinking while you're on stage. So, like, if somebody's like, you need to be louder because you're a quiet person. Oh, okay. I'll hold the mic closer to my face. You you have these longer bits and they don't – you need to hit the punchline sooner. Well, I don't know about But I can definitely write with more of that mentality. Yeah, it's the strangest thing. These people who – you know, they come in and see the one show and they're yeah. all of a sudden professor comedy. Experts. Yeah. yeah. And you're like – these people don't know what they're talking about, but at the same time, you want these same people to pay to see you, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and that's a big part of when you, again, that entitlement, when you hear people, like, give you criticism, you're like, oh, you don't, I, but here's the thing, there are people, as as much as we're, as much as we've 
as much comedy as we have done, uh, there are still people that have done more comedy than us that might hear our opinions and be like, that's wrong. Yeah. It's a, the one thing comedy does constantly is humble you and teach you uh, the things you know are wrong or teach you that there's an exception to the rule you believe in steadfastly. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to be very fluid in my knowledge. I, anything, uh, and you try, you always try to change things up in terms of like, oh, this has been working. Let's take this line out or add this line in. How does that affect it? Now the back line? Oh, yeah. You just always, I, that's the one thing. I, I'm comfortable doing just about anything in comedy, and I don't want to fault the people that do this because, again, they are they come out of it being rock-solid pros because mm-hmm. uh, they mm-hmm. know their set back and forth. I never want to be the comic that has done the exact same five minutes for one year. That is... Yeah, that, I mean, it's all about how you approach your method and your mm-hmm. structure, and mm-hmm. this is why I like talking to comedians because... This is like their life, you yes, know what I mean? Yeah. So I could ask, well, talk about what happened in your day job. They're going to be like, oh, well, that was kind of boring. But your your passion, your actual life mm-hmm. starts at like an open mic or yep, something. It's yep. happening 24 hours a day, but you finally you come alive, mm-hmm. you know, at the open mic. And then you slowly die because it is an open mic. <laughs> it is, in fact, yeah. Though you come alive and that part of you is quickly killed off and your zombified corpse roams the stage. It just sort of shambles on and off. Eh, yeah. you're next, just, <laughs> you're yeah, next that's that's it so there's a lot of um duality there of yeah. being the positive promoter because you got to you can't yeah. just say my show's okay you can go if you want you're mm-hmm. not going to say that no absolutely why not. would you say that mm-hmm. i'm not going to go around saying like you can listen to what's wrong if you if you feel like it <laughs> no it's the best show ever tell everyone yeah. about it you if know? you're ever in a car i guess you can put it on and it's less too much effort it's on stitcher i guess <laughs> I no yeah think. i don't know how to work stitcher you, get, you gotta <laughs> sell it you gotta sell it at all times so but there's that and there's also like you have to just keep everything, like you said, just kind of quietly. If something doesn't work, you're like, I can't really be too open about that because I don't want. And if it's like your personal, if you have just like a personal account, whatever, you know, that's just for your personal feelings. Even then, because I've, I, I've kind of, you know, um, I'm sort of has conflicted about that because, you know, I figure some accounts I have that's specifically for a show Mm -hmm. and some accounts I just know are straight up personal accounts. Mm -hmm. But I'm also like, even on those, I'm like, I don't want to just say like, so like this recording is going great. You're doing a great job, Wes (laughs) Corrin. But if it sucked, I'd be like, man, that recording of Wes sucked today. I don't even know if I'm going to, you know, put it down. Throw it away. Cut it all. Yeah. Throw it all out. Yeah, so I'm not going to say that. So then you're like, I have what social media is there for to tell the whole world what you think, right. and you can't really do no. it. And if you do, all of a sudden you have like a uh, political argument happening in your comment section that you're oh, like, that had nothing to do with that, but it's there. Never want that. <laughs> oh, that's always the worst. I'm like, why is this happening now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I posted uh, on the. I mean. I don't know if we want to talk about that, but I posted the, a joke recently that I tweeted about, like uh, how this was this was when they were doing the open carry for teachers thing. And yeah. I was saying uh, in Harry Potter, all the professors carried wands, and like <laughs> yeah. five students died every year. Yeah. And somebody uh, copied that and posted like West Corwin with his hashtag SJW comedy, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not that wasn't. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was not the intent of that. I think it's something other comics would know. Mm-hmm, They're mm-hmm. like, oh, funny joke. I know exactly what he's doing with that. Yeah. Normal person, a normie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, this has a message, or I'm just connecting two dots. That's all that yeah. is. Yeah. There it is. It's low hanging fruit to me, but to you, it's I have an agenda and a crusade. <laughs> oh, look at him sneaking it in. No, I just, I write jokes. That's what I do. Yeah, I think it's kind of ridiculous that these <laughs> teachers have wands and things. What are yeah. you talking about? Mm-hmm. So what do you do when you, gonna, and you may hear my dog Lily in the background. She's the official show mascot. She's um, great. She'll be barking up this room. She heard you mention open carry and et cetera. Oh, so. yeah. She's got, she's got opinions. She has clearly. strong personal beliefs. <laughs> we, we, we strapped a, like a sidearm to her. To, mm-hmm. Whenever she goes out for, for, for a walk, she's packing heat. Mm. She's packing heat. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh-huh. So, yeah, so it must be sort of frustrating to have, like, so when you mentioned Maggie, they go at home. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't put this on Facebook, so I'm going to tell you. Yes. <laughs> she receives a lot of that, like, oh, for frustration but i mean the, the cool thing and i i think it's, it's one of those things where as a normal person as your spouse and as somebody that a uh, future future spouse and as somebody that um re- has received all of her comedy knowledge through me i think she had a very spe- specific view of comedy and uh about that came from a very negative place and now like i'm unpiecing it and i think we're both happier people now that i'm not as angry all the time (laughs) but uh so in a way it because you think okay so let's say uh, i want to get to something real quick here but i want to just wrap this up before we go into the next uh wonderful bit Mm. that's going to be amazing Mm -hmm. see what i'm doing i'm not saying this 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 bit may suck i don't know who knows what'll happen no this next bit will be the best part yeah we're closing the season right (laughs) with the strongest bit of the season yeah but uh real quick to put a pin on comedy here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. however you say that expression i don't know (laughs) but um so do you think in an alternate life, mm. alternate timeline, we're getting cosmic here on the cosmic. podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. So do you think, you, you, whatever, it didn't work out, you you, you were just single west, out on, out on the prowl, right? Moved to New York, Moved to living in your car. Living in my car. And you're shivering at night in the winter. This is my dream. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've done it. This I'm is so, everything I've wanted. I'm so hungry. Uh. And, uh, so do you think, and after you've taken your 24-hour fitness shower, yep. right, do you, do you think you would be... Either I'm living my dream, so I'm happy, or that angry bitterness would still be kind of there, but tenfold. First of all, it's a Planet Fitness shower. Planet, what did I say? You said 24-hour fitness. Oh, never. <laughs> I apologize. No, never. Thank you. I, I, in order, Planet Fitness, and then very bottom, 24-hour fitness, and then just below that, LA Fitness. Like I used sub- to go. Cuta- yeah, awful. I used to go to 24-hour, a 24-hour fitness, and it is... Not not the clean, no, the most no, clean no, no, place. No, not if I can. But uh, to answer your question, I, I'd l- that's a great question. I'd like to think you never know. We're we're human beings. We're comprised of our experiences. I'd like to think uh, I'd have grown and matured the same way I have now. But maybe I would be sitting in my car writing angry bits and being like, <laughs> "These people don't get me." Like. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm. I think every comic should take a sabbatical from time to time. Mm-hmm. Just do something. Yep. Have some real life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just 
sometimes you can get too comfortable and not want to go out again. <laughs> that is, I, I know I know we're in the wrapping up phase. I don't I don't want to jump into a completely new topic, but I used to write when I was very new to comedy a lot of meta humor comedy about comedy. Yeah, yeah. And nothing is more educational than the first time you write a bit about something that has nothing to do with stand up and people like it so much. It is I don't think meta humor is bad. I still do a lot of jokes about jokes. Yeah. But um People relate more to human experiences that everyone gets than they do to just jokes about stand-up. Right. And I think I think that's a I think that's a good thing. I think going exactly with what you're saying, sabbatical, do do other things. Go live in cities. Go travel. Go do things that. And then when you've done them and you look back on them fondly, write about them and then yeah. do that. Yeah. There's just like it's any form of comedy, stand-up joke or you're, you're drawing a little webcomic, yeah. that can be a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, however, you're, it's either like physical, live and in person or it's a, however you express that joke. Yeah. You have an outlet to do it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times people want to hear about, oh, me and my wife went to Applebee's. Somebody pissed on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to hear about that because, like, I've been to Applebee's. I can see that happening. That is so real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apple peas. Uh, more like, right? But uh, hey. <laughs> And I, I told, again, I respect the grind. I think of myself as somebody that grinds really hard. But if you go up, if you go and do comedy seven nights a week every single night. Yeah. You're you when you write, you're joking about your life experiences, and if all your life experiences are you driving from open mic to open mic, you're not gonna have a lot of variety. Like, take a night, go to a, go to a pizza place, go to a Chuck E. Cheese, make people <laughs> uncomfortable, go by yourself. Yeah, live a whole life. Just and it's, that's why I'm like maybe in this alternate timeline was Corin, um, Earth Two was Corin. He would maybe have found somebody else in new york and would have settled down there i don't mm. know i'm thinking like just doesn't matter it's sort of like a paradox the same thing would have happened mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. life finds a way Wes. that's right. what i'm trying to say <laughs> so we're going to lead into here to this uh hilarious bit that's a fan favorite absolutely i assume i don't know just <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh we call it the wheel of wrong right yeah, okay wheel of wrong what it is real quick for the unfamiliar is I downloaded a free app on my phone. That's a random topic generator, and it happens to be a wheel, and I thought that'd be fun. That is delightful. So a program topics in it. I'm going to put you in the hot seat, and we're going to just see what it randomly lands on. Even I don't know what it's going to be. Oh, this one's nice. We kind of already talked about it. It's love. This is nice. It's going to be nice. Now, love, we can talk about any type of love. We can talk about about love of comedy. Now, I'm talking about... This can be love, like a loved one, mm-hmm. a deep emotional connection to someone, or it can be about doing the nasty. I don't know. However, whatever oh, direction sure. you want to take. Sure. I mean, this is a clean podcast. So, so we should probably... try to. <laughs> try to. I, we should, uh, I mean, if, if we talk about it, we should have tasteful edits. Like, right before <laughs> we talk about it, it should cut to the outside of a train going into a tunnel. Yeah, I always think like a spring noise sound. Yeah, sound yeah, boy, that, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah absolutely. I'm about that. So, I guess um, I do um, have a follow-up question right there. I'm going to get my please, papers. Please, please. And uh, this is uh, every guest I scratch out the name. It is right <laughs> over a new one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so there you go. So you can feel special. I used to do a bunch of other different bits in the early goings of this show. Sure. I figured this is the most fun one. Mm-hmm. So the most common one for love, love is I talk about this. I've talked about this before, but the fear is kind of relates to um, being an open mic or being a comedian, sure. working comic is is that fear of dying alone? Uh huh. How much does that motivate you? Get off your 
B U T T clean clean show. Clean, clean <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. How much does it get you up and at them? Yeah. When it comes to like you oh, get the H E C K clean show <laughs> yeah, out of yeah. that chair and you could pick up some stuff. Like for Watch me, the, yeah. Uh, real quick, just kind of um, give you an idea. I guess what I'm talking about. For me, um, I, I say I like to jokingly say I wasted my 20s. I'm 36 years old now. I kind of did it, but I think everybody's unless you're like a billionaire by 21 or something, you probably wasted your 20s. And that's kind of a good thing. You're yeah. kind of supposed to in a certain way. Oh, yeah. I, we're talking about love and not comedy, but there was, a, there was a thought I had where it's, I think a lot of people think failure is waste, but it's all it's all development, right? Right. So if a bit doesn't work, it, it's one, one mindset is to think about it failing, but the other one is to think, oh, it's developing. I'm learning through yeah. it. And it'll it's only going to get better the more I work on it. And if it never if the bit never clicks, I spend all that time studying and learning. So right, it's sort of like just uh, dating, for example. Yes, exactly. the search for love, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think was the sequel to Star Trek. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> Star Trek: The, the search, search for, for Love. love. Yeah. <laughs> that was the uh, porn parody yeah. of Star Trek too. But um, <laughs> when, yeah. but um, yeah. when you're uh, Oh, if only something rhymed with Spock. Oh. Anyway, uh, so, so, so when you when you're dating, it's sort of like for me, for example, I, you, you know, over time, mm-hmm. I had to learn at least what I thought being a good dater was, yes, being yes. a good date was, mm-hmm. just what what I had in my mind at least, and some of them didn't work out. Yes, for the better, mm-hmm. but um, you know, two people just don't click, and that's it. Yeah. Sometimes in the very opening minutes of a date, yeah, and I, I'm over dating. I'm so happy yeah. it's over. It's great. I, I tell people if there's any single soldiers listening, come on, get better. But I also say you got to get yourself better first. Absolutely, you got to go on a series of dates, a series of open mics, if you will. It's kind of what it's kind of like a love open mic. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, does this work? No. Just like comedy, you have to sell yourself a little bit. You got to turn on the charm. Mm-hmm. Got a stage presence, but date presence. You yeah, gotta, yeah, exactly right. And sometimes the crowd can ghost you, the the person can ghost you, mm-hmm. and I've been the ghoster and I've been the ghostee, and I understand why it happens, a necessary evil. Absolutely. So in your experience leading up to where you are now, did you find yourself thinking like, ever having like a big self-aware moment, like, I really sucked as a date, no wonder that didn't work out. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, of course. I, I, as anybody that went through teenage years, you very quickly learn, like, oh, I'm insufferable. Like, once you're out of it, you're like, I'm the least fun person to hang out with. I take everything so seriously. I have hard opinions. When people walk up, I just start listing movie trivia. Yeah. Like, who has fun with that? But uh, then you, you're like, oh, like it, the exact same way with comedy. You're like, oh, I'm going to figure out a good opener. This is a good way to say hi. And then you just, you, you, you get to know, and then, yeah, yeah, you figure it out. It's, it's, I mean, I, th- I don't think anybody thinks of themselves as a bad person. I hope not. That'd be a weird <laughs> thing to do. But yeah. I, th- I think it, I think especially in dating, it's all about presentation. It's about mm-hmm. what foot you're pushing forward. And, uh, it's also about, yeah, you also don't like trick people, work <laughs> on yourself, improve yourself. Uh, but yeah, also learn how to how to present what you what you got going on in a, in a good way. Yeah, it's just like you're just like this is my brand. Yeah, <laughs> it's my personal brand. Well, yeah, and this, this is my comedian Facebook page, and this is my dating Facebook. Yeah, page. the dating profile. Nice to and, meet you. Um, a lot of people do jokes about the dating, uh, online dating, and I'm thinking like, shouldn't it just be dating now? I don't know how people date anymore. And, oh no. Like I, yeah, I met my wife through. Uh, 
uh, online dating. And before that, I did. And before that was funny for me is you're thinking like, John, you're such a studly guy. You're mm-hmm. such a cool guy. You're like the Fonz, but in real life, right? The, I said that right before we started recording. Right. I was like, oh, I, did, I hit record too late. <laughs> but uh, the second I said that, you hit the recorder and it started. I'm like, oh. Like a record player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you mouth the words, I'll never say that again. <laughs> like, oh. Ah. But I was like, there was a time yeah. in my 20s, I was like, I want to do online dating. That's pathetic. Mm-hmm. Me saying this. <laughs> like, I have any. Yeah right to say this you know I, what i mean yeah, yeah yeah i mean well i i i think uh i think i would say uh, people like i i think we relate in the same way that we're both late adapters right. i saw vine and i was like that's the dumb six second <laughs> videos and now it's dead but it shot into the sky and then it came back down right and its legacy sort of lives on because like oh, yeah. if you see a video on like twitter or something like that mm-hmm. you're not gonna if it's like a minute long yeah i put out a video like yesterday or something it was like under a minute i'm thinking this is too long yep you gotta gotta be quick i'm like 30 seconds maybe mm-hmm. so vine kind of you know they're on the right track yes absolutely but still i understand about the late adapting oh yeah and still, like, even though Vine is dead, now Instagram only allows, like, 30-second videos, and Snapchat is so big, and that, like, three to four seconds. So, yeah, no, yeah, in terms of, uh, but there's no, I, th- I think some people see new things, I know I do, is I'll see new things, and I'll be like, that's dumb, and when I say that now, I force myself to, like, yeah, because I've made that mistake before, where it's like, that'll never take off, <laughs> and shoot straight into the, yeah. yeah. So that's why the product testers, they're like, what does Wes Corwin think of this? <laughs> if he hates it, we know we're on this. <laughs> Get on board. Make it happen. Yeah. And when it comes to late adapting, man, that sort of sums me up when it comes to dating because I didn't really do a whole lot for a long time. And again, you're like, really, John? I don't believe that. I'm like, no. If you've seen me, you're like, I can buy it. I can buy it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, but for me... It was, I made it so dramatic in my mind mm-hmm. to like, you got to do this now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It cannot happen for you. Other guys can pull off being late 30s, mid 40s dating. Mm-hmm. You cannot do this. May- yeah, 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 yeah. So it was sort of like, for me, the way I built it up, and it's so like overly unhealthy how dramatic I, and intense I made it for myself. Mm-hmm. But it was like, you know, the movie 27 Hours, that's you, buddy. <laughs> Cut off that arm, man. Got to make it happen. So was it sort of like the same way with you? It sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like you're on a slightly different path. It sounds like you were already like, yeah, Wes is going to get his. But it's sort of like, you're like, I still need to change something. No, no, I mean, I I, I think, uh, I, 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 so I dated, I think, two or three people in high school. Um, and then Maggie and I actually met. Uh, she was part of a Rocky Horror cast in Austin. Oh, very nice. And I thought, oh, this is cool. I don't. I went to go see The Room. I was on a bad movie kick. They were yeah. showing it at the Alamo Draft House. And if you don't know the Alamo Draft House, they have a policy where if you show up to a movie late, um, they just won't let you in. And I, w- <laughs> yeah. I had this weird kick where I, I was super into Austin because it was very walkable. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's two miles away. I'll walk it. Right. I was 15 minutes late, and they were like, you can't. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, what else is there? There's a Rocky Horror showing at midnight. And I was like, oh. And it was about two hours. So I bought a ticket, walked over to the Walmart, walked in with the ticket. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was the... I think it taught me a lot about performing because it was, at the time, the most magnificent live show I'd ever nice. seen. And then uh, Maggie was the recruiting and training person. So I was like, hey, I want to do this. And we hung out. 
And, uh, yeah, I figured the quickest way to uh, get up in the cast was to start uh, dating. No, <laughs> no, she's, she was just like... You found an angle yeah. and you worked it. <laughs> no, she was just the best person I've ever met. Yeah. And we hung out and started dating, I think. Uh, a lot of failed dates. That one, that one, we had to okay. work through. I invited her to a number because, like, like we said, you put your best foot forward. Uh, I'm very awkward. I'm not a great conversationalist. Uh, I, I learned it. I'd like to think this podcast is going well, but maybe not. Maybe not in the lo- not in the larger scale. Uh, I, <laughs> I will dub over this like Wes was doing great. He felt weird about it. I should start doing that now. I'm yeah. gonna go back and edit all the podcasts. All the podcasts with like a Morgan Freeman kind of. Oh, or no, yeah, yeah the, there. maybe not him now. I don't know. The Ron Howard from Rest yes. Development voiceover. I think this bit's going well. It was not. It was <laughs> not going well. But uh, uh, so I, I, you put your best foot forward when you're meeting a new person. You want them to like you. So I was like, hey, come to the stand-up show. Because I work really hard. Like, this is the one time, and there are going to be other people around you laughing at me, so then you'll think I'm funny. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I invited her to Funniest Person in Austin, which yeah. was a show that, like, they have 200 people come out. Uh, got a flat tire. Did not make it out. Oh, no. Uh, I won Joke of the Night. Got $100. Thanks. Did not uh, make it out. Uh, oh. Then I invited her to another show at Cold Town. I was like, hey, this is the best theater in Austin. It's like this beautiful little black box that seats 40 and makes it sound like you have, you're telling jokes in front of a 1,000. Yeah. Did not make it out. Uh, wow. She made it on time. Uh, then I don't think she understood how comedy, because we had just started dating. So she was like, oh, I'll go to this video rental place next door. <laughs> Went there, walked around for a while. And then my set was over, and uh, she was like, hey, are you? what's happening? And I was like, the, you're supposed to... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then I took her to an open mic at Conan's Pizza in front. We, I was I told jokes in front of three people. Did not go well. Oh, no. uh, and we have been dating for seven years. Yeah. So if she would have saw the good shows, the good shows, I think she, yeah, she would have. You would have been big time in her. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, you see how good I was. All those people were laughing. You see me? Yeah. She would have been like, I just, I can't go out with you. I think you're too successful. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I can be with somebody that's so destined for the top. But then she saw me sling jokes at a pizza place in front of a family that was trying to avoid eye contact. Yeah. She was like. Yeah, I can work on this. Like the humble <laughs> there. And I think that fateful walk, that two-mile walk. Mm-hmm. Who would have, what would have happened? Who would have, if I had cut across the Walmart parking lot instead of walking <laughs> around it, maybe things would be different. You would have a memory of seeing the room and thinking, that's a, so funny how bad that movie is. Anyway. <laughs> going on about your day. Yep. And now my life moves forward. Yeah. yeah. It's all for the best, right? And this kind of leads into the last thing I like to do mm-hmm. is... Uh, and actually, you already covered this at the top, actually. So you may just recycle some of these. That's fine with me. Because uh-huh. clearly, I'm all about recycling content Got here. <laughs> but um, I do this thing at the end where I say, before we get into your plugs and things, I say, I like to have the guest. Because we go in a lot about what's wrong with you. And you spend a lot of time talking about these are things I may not like about myself and mm-hmm. I've had to work on. But I actually want you to list five things you like about yourself. Oh, gosh. And this is always a challenge. It's always so interesting to me how people struggle with sure, this. Sure, sure, and The thing is, again, I'm going to say you already did it. Mm-hmm. So it's just like putting on the shows. You've done it before. Yeah. I'm going to find a way to find po- <laughs> five positive things. Okay. Oh, goodness. Um, I'd like to think I'm a hard worker. I know I didn't sell myself well when talking about the manager. I've had... 
two incidents. And uh, <laughs> if you, I mean, I, I, I know you know about jokes. If anybody's listening and they don't know jokes, uh, whenever you tell it, whenever you tell a joke, there's one percent truth and then ninety nine percent exaggeration. Yeah, I'm doing fine at work. People yeah. like me. Uh, I'm, I'm putting in the time. But I'll, I'll post this on LinkedIn later. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good. Well, but uh, I, I, I work hard at whatever I do. I have, a, I have a good work ethic. Uh, I'd like to think. Uh, I, I, I'm studious. I'd like to think if I'm not good at something, I put in the time to become better at it. Uh, I think that goes for comedy and also uh, programming. Um, I'd like—I I don't think I'm a jerk, right? That's a good thing. I, I, I'd like to—I think that I, I work with people. I, I don't—I I don't want anyone to feel excluded. Uh, I know there are some people out there that are like oh when's my shot and i'd like to think i'm looking at them and like oh if you put in the time i'll put you on stage yeah and i know i'd like to think i've booked a couple people's first shows and i definitely booked a a number of people's first festival and i'm glad i could do it yeah because some people are hysterically funny and just need that little bit of attention right three people three things uh uh i am i'm not i'm not good at at laser tag but who wants to be violent right (laughs) i'd like to think space violence is something we can limit and i'm doing that by frequently being in last place you're you're a star pacifist i am i am (laughs) absolutely it's a new movie i'm yep i would i think that would be a great film the star pacifier the sequel to the vin diesel classic (laughs) star passive guys let's let's all put down the space guns (laughs) let's all talk this out let's all space talk let's end the open carry of the ray guns guys can we all talk about how great this cantina band is (laughs) let's let's focus on them they're doing great four and then um five uh i uh, i i'm i'm working on it i think i think that's number five is uh i'm not i know i'm not perfect that's okay but I'd li- I, I think being anxious, you take a lot of time to think about what you're doing. And I'd like to think I'm not, I'm not as insular and defensive to the point where it's like, oh, man, nobody's talking to me. Well, that's because they don't get, no, like, I'm like, oh, well, if I'm not getting along with this person, maybe I'm not presenting myself yeah. right. And it's, it's possible that they're in a bad mood. Maybe talk to them and figure out what's going on. I think it's a fantastic fifth and final positive thing. There we go. Because that's actually the perfect thing. It's like I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. That's like the perfect positive thing mm. to finish on. And mm. uh, I, I think, man, what a great season finale yeah. this has been. Season one. So good. Yeah. And so let's go ahead and get any... This will this episode just to get, we're recording this like the pretty late in June, right? Fairly late. Yeah. And this will come out maybe I'm thinking second week of July, yeah. of the, the year of our Lord 2018. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just kind of give you a heads up. So uh, if there's any shows around that time period and your social media, you see you mentioned briefly that you may you you, you go on Facebook from time to time. Yes. So <laughs> all I, I can yeah constantly you can uh, so main thing uh you could follow me on twitter at west cornfield you can follow me on facebook like like my page facebook.com slash west corwin has friends or search west corwin uh and then let's shows specifically um i think the last friday of every month i do a showcase at j&j's pizza uh last thursday of every month now i do a showcase at noble ray brewing um, I do frequent shows at Art Center Theater, so check that website. Um, and then uh, I do frequent open mics every Wednesday at Salat Pizza in P- downtown Plano, and every Thursday at Noble Ray Brewing. Um, so just so so keep track. 
Keep, All right. Keep, keep, keep checking. <laughs> and for our international listeners, fly in to the Dallas area <laughs> so you can see what's going to perform at any of these places. Uh-huh. And if you can't afford the airfare, well, you can go on Twitter and just yeah. see what he's doing. All that. And I'm going to close out here. Uh, again, thanking you for being on this podcast, coming to my home. This thank, is amazing. Thank you for having me. This was a good experience. And I just want to end by saying, well, I hope you're happy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. That's a, we got there. We got there. Well, thanks again, man. Absolutely. Thanks once again to my wonderful guest, Wes Horan, a, a hilarious guy, one of my favorite comics out there. And I, I've liked all of my guests so far this season, this season one of What's Wrong With You podcast. I've been very lucky to have a chance to sit down with all of them, and they've been so willing and open telling me and the world of What's what ails them? So once again, big thanks to all of my guests this past season. I want to thank all of you who took the time to listen to this podcast. It means a lot to me. I've had a lot of fun producing and developing and creating this podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it. Now, I will tell you as a sneak peek, I am developing season two of What's Wrong With You podcast, and it's going to come here maybe faster, more quickly may have anticipated so you don't have to wait too long to get another dose of exciting fun interesting guests performers comedians stage performers improv voiceover actors stage actors film actors whoever is interesting and whoever is creative because i like to talk to creative people because well there's so much wrong going on in their noggin and i can say from experience so much wrong with me. We have to find out a little about me as well. Now, if you want to get in contact with me, you can email me, john at johnmcbride.com. And if you want to follow me or this show on social media, on Twitter or Instagram, it's at www.podcast. I'm not going to really like that. It's, it's, it's grown on me. I hope it's grown on me. And also, you can always for all the ways you can get in touch with me and all the things i'm doing whether it's comics art blog comedy uh digital graphic arts whatever it is that i'm doing you can simply go to johnmcbrine.com all of the various ways you can contact me and just see what it is i'm up to and you can look at all the past episodes of what's wrong with you podcast And until season two, thanks for listening.